Welcome to the Mayman Project. This is your man DB, transformed from trauma victim into a victor over trauma, and your emotional empowerment coach. You are now inside the project where every Monday we're bringing you an empowering person or message to dismantle society's false sense of masculinity and change the male narrative. I know you're probably thinking to yourself, well, today is it Monday. Well, thanks for coming through today, anyways, because this is a special Father's Day edition of the Mayman Project. Your children will become who you are. So be what you want them to be. Now today, like I said, I'm doing a special Father's Day edition of the Main Man Project. So my guests today are Steve Glenn Sr., who is a serial entrepreneur, one of the wisest and most knowledgeable men I know, and a truly loving husband and father. And my second guest is his youngest son, current contestant on season 20 of Hell's Kitchen's Young Guns, Chef Steve Glenn Jr. Listen, this is going to be a great show, so make sure you leave a rating and review. Also, be sure to share, share, share with those you think would benefit from this show. The Made Man Project is for every man and every woman that has men in her life that she loves and cares for. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, yo, fellas, we, we made men. We made men. Try to believe that within. I just want to be a good man. Okay. I know you all, but tell me you a good man. Tell me you're a So many men are being crushed Societal demands to be tough Yes you, yes you are enough I can't relate to you brother cause you're a Yes you are a I'm right beside you, I'm right behind you I know that life could be hard You're not a coward, you got the power for talking about your scars No, you're not soft Let me inspire you, empower you because Society may want to see you fall, you got another brother to call So many men are being crushed Societal demands to be tough Yes you, yes you are enough Don't bluff, okay I can't relate to you brother cause you're a Yes you are a Hey, I'm here my brother I love you. Yes, you, yes, you are enough. I just want to be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, because you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Made Man Project. I'm your host, DB, and today I'm doing a special Father's Day edition of the Made Man Project. Today I'm bringing on serial entrepreneur, one of the wisest and most knowledgeable men that I know, loving husband and father, Steve Glenn Sr., as well as his youngest son, Current contestant on season 20 of Hell's Kitchen Young Gun, Steve Glenn Jr. Or should I say Chef Steve Glenn Jr. Today, like <laughs> right. Today, Steve Sr. and Steve Jr. are going to help me dismantle society's false sense of masculinity because so many men are being crushed on societal demands to be tough, deny any kind of vulnerability, sensitivity, or internal hurt and pain, and it's time to change that narrative. Listen, it's going to be a great show with so many things you guys are going to pay attention to, but first, really quickly, if you're a man who knows that you have the potential to do great things, but just not sure how to get from where you are to where you want to be, trapped in mental emotional bondage, and being crushed on the self-limiting beliefs and behaviors, it's time to stop struggling with the stress, anxiety, self-doubt, and fear, and shoot me an email at db at dbempowers.com, and we will book your free no pitch clarity calls. You can learn about me and my team and if and how we can help you master your emotions and show up every damn day of your life with more confidence, certainty, and authenticity. Okay, fellas, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. What's up? Thanks for having us. What's up, man? Hey, man, I thank you guys for taking time out your busy day, man, and uh, stepping on here with me, man. I'm super excited to do this special Father's Day edition, man. This is dope, and um, I'm glad that you guys, you know, made time to really jump on and do this thing with me, man. 
We appreciate it, bro. Yes, sir. So I want to get right into it, man. And I'm going to start with Steve Sr. So Steve Sr., as you were growing up, man, what made you the man you are today? Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. As you were growing up, who and what was your example of a man? Um, I'm going to say I had two examples, man. Okay. Uh, my first example, you know, as much as I, you know, I, I love my father, but um, my first example was what not to do. <laughs> so I learned a lot of what not to do, you know, through him. I, I think people are always teaching, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. So he basically told, he taught me like what not to do. And then I would have to say, um, you know, my second example would be my grandfather. You know, he really mm -hmm. taught me how to, you know, mingle in different crowds and how to carry yourself as a man. And, you know, always, you know, uh, show respect as well as uh, be uh, in a position to, to receive respect too. Yeah, man, that, that's deep. And and I get it, brother. That observational learning is important because I learned how to be a man by watching my father fell as a man. And I said, you know what? I don't want to do that. I don't want to go that path. Plus, I always right. had my mother in my ear reminding me, you're not going to be Greg Butler. Like, that was my father's name, Greg Butler. You're not right. going to be Greg Butler. So, you know, I get it, man. And, and it's funny because my granddad was a huge part of my life, man. He was, he was really my father. At the age of 14, he and I just... I really bonded with my granddad, man. And that's the, <clears throat> the man that really impacted my life and taught me so many things. So and I'm going to share, share a funny story with you too, man. Uh, well, I, I don't know if it's funny or sad or I should cry about it or not. I don't know. But, uh, you know, my, at the time, you know, and it wasn't easy for my father or my mother because they were both yeah. young. Yeah. But, uh, you know, my mother was so upset with my father <laughs> that she changed my name. Wow. <laughs> I was supposed to be a junior too. Uh, but she was so upset that she actually changed my name. That's how much, like when you said, uh, you know, your mother would say, hey, you're not going to be Gregory's mother, right? Yeah. That made me think about it because my mom, she said it and she meant it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen to me. Let me tell you how deep that is. I had the same situation, bro. Like, my, I was supposed to be Gregory Butler Jr. My mom was so mad at my dad at that time because you know, my mom was 19. When she had yep. me young, my dad was 21. She yep. was so mad. So I'm Derek, but my youngest brother, he's Gregory Butler. I guess they kind of work things. How <laughs> worked it out later. <laughs> so he's Greg, but he's not junior though. He has a middle right. name. My dad didn't have a middle name, but that, yeah, I, I, I get you, brother. I know where you're at with that, man. So Steve Jr., on to you. And I'm going to ask you the same question, man. Who and what was your example of a man when you were growing up? So my main example was right here. <laughs> I got to go far. Um, you know, basically, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, him. Yeah. For my entire life. Yeah. Um, he's, he's really been able to shape me. Yeah. You know, yeah. Growing up, he's been able to give me the tools and stuff that maybe he didn't get. So yeah. he took yeah. his experiences and basically flipped them and showed me. He took his experience and gave me what, what he could. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super, I appreciate it. And yeah. it's helped me a lot. And, you yeah. know, all the advice that he's given me over the years, I mean, it's, it's all been for the, you know, for my best interest. Wow. And I hope we'll be grateful for it. So, man. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's dope. Steve Sr., like, when you went into, when you realized you had children, you were coming, you know, you had children come, you're about to be a father. 
what was your mindset like at that time? Were you telling yourself, I'm not going to be like my dad? I'm not going to like, what, what, what changed, what shifted for you? Because you didn't have that real example of what to do. You just knew what not to do. So what shifted for you when you realized you were going to be a father and you wanted to break this mold and do things differently? Um, I'm, I'm going to say like uh, the main thing was, you know, me telling myself, you know, what I, what I wasn't going to do. I was like, I, I'm not going to be, you know, this type of father, you know, even though I didn't know exactly what to do. Yeah. I rolled the heck out of what not to do until, you know, I kind of developed and, and overall, like, uh, you know, my relationship with the most high, man, that kind of helped me out tremendously. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would kind of like, you know, uh, use the way that he is with me and kind of incorporate, you know, that into how I need to be for my kids and, and also for, you know, for my, my family as a whole, you know what I mean? So the, how, how, you know, how <laughs> forgiving yes. and, and, and patient, you right. know, and loving and, and, and being a provider, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, dad, man, you know, I don't even know if I would have forgave me for that, but you know, <laughs> I would use the way that he was with me. Right. Right. You know, you know, it, you know with them. So I would have to see that. Man, man I, I get it. That's deep, man. So, Steve Jr., I want to ask you, brother, like, when you were growing up, when you were transitioning, going through, you know, your your early years into teenage years, like, what did being a man mean to you? Uh, well, really, it was, it was pretty much providing, making sure mm. your household was straight. Yeah. Because you know, that's always what he did. You know? Okay. No matter what was going on, you know, outside, he made sure we were straight, you know. It was a lot of times we were struggling. Oh, I wasn't struggling. But <laughs> <laughs> we ain't feeling, but yeah. I was chilling. There was a lot of times, you know, stuff stuff might have been rocky. And I didn't even know about it, but that was yeah. just something we made sure, you know, if I was going to have a life, I was going to, you know, be pretty much be able to do whatever I wanted to do. He was going to make sure that it happened. Oh, so, man. I get yeah. it. I get it. I get it, man. And that, that's dope that you didn't have to feel that pressure, man. You didn't, like, you didn't know, like, you don't know what dad and, and what mom or, you know, your stepmother are going through. You just like, you know what? <laughs> I'm good. I'm taken care of. And that's, and Steve, you know, kudos to you, Steve Sr., being that, you know, we fight these battles as men every day, man, and, and to try to provide and take care of, and, and we don't want our kids to feel those things, man. And, and you did a great job of showing because like he said, he didn't know. He didn't know. So, Steve Sr., when you were growing up, what, what did it, like, what did being a man mean to you? Man, I was a man, and this is going to sound crazy, D. I was a man at the age of seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, right. you know, it started, it started that early for me, but um, that's, that's the responsibility that, uh, you know, was placed on me. You know, my grandfather right. basically would say, hey, I need to make sure, you know, that, you know, you're in a position to, you know, take care of my, you know, my mom and my sister. Yeah. Um, so I felt like everything felt on, <laughs> felt on my shoulders at that time. But, you know, overall, the, uh, you know, that was, it was, it was a blessing too, because, you know, it just helped develop me at an early age. Mm. Um, I had a lot of, the benefits of it was I had a lot of freedom that younger kids didn't have. Right. Because right. my mom actually started to view me as a, as, as a man. You know, mm. even, even even my sister would get upset. She was like, but I'm older than him. Right. Why he <laughs> to go here and do this and do that? 
And and she really, my mom really never could explain, but she and I don't, and I think she never she felt like she she didn't have to. Yeah, yeah. So, I get you know, it. being a man was <laughs> was uh, always taking care of home, man. Um, doing doing things that you don't necessarily want to do, oh. you know. Uh, but knowing that it has to be done, yeah. you know, you may do it with your face, and that's probably to this day. I'll help anybody. I I, I love people, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's going to be times where I might be fussing while I'm helping. <laughs> but I'm telling people now, you know, don't take that personal. That's just how I was. Because at a young age, I was doing stuff I didn't want to do. So I'm fussing the whole time I'm doing it. Mm. But here's the thing. I'm going to do it. <laughs> going to get it done. I, I get it. Yeah. It's like, believe me, there's things I don't want to do. And I got my face frowned up the whole time doing it, man. But I know it needs to be done. But yeah. one of those things. And that's a, that's a big part of being responsible, uh, you know, and understanding that you're not always going to feel like doing it, but it has to be done. Yeah. So my question to you, Steve Sr., is being that you was put into a, a man's shoes at the age of seven, like, what was the hardest part about all that for you during that time? Um, I missed, you know, just missing out on a lot of, of things. Uh, yeah. Like, I had my freedom, but it wasn't until yeah the stuff that needed to be taken care of you know, was done. Yeah. So if things were going on, you know, my friends wanted to go somewhere to the fair, man, what you, what, you know, what, you know, when we going to the fair they, and I'm like, man, I got to rake these, I got to rake these leaves up in this yard first before I can go anywhere. Yeah. And, you right. know, but that also helped me determine who was my real friends because my real friends, they would be like, all right, man, where's, you know, where's Rick? Right. You know, help me out to kind of speed the process up. My fake friends, they go, oh. you know, so it, it also helped me, uh, you know, you know, figure out the difference between, you know, real friends and, you know, and I ain't going to say fake friends. I'm going to say not so real friends. Not so real friends. <laughs> Listen, my granddad was adamant about you don't call everybody your friend. I remember oh, yeah. I was nine years old and I was saying, oh, I'm going over to see my friend this and my friend that. And he smacked me across my face like, listen, boy, <laughs> everybody ain't your friend. You're yeah. lucky to have one or two good friends in your lifetime. And that was a valuable lesson. I didn't get it at nine. But when I got to about 15, 16, 17, I understood what he was talking about. Everybody ain't your friend. Stop calling everybody your friend. So I, I get it. <laughs> Steve Jr., I'm going to kick it over to you. And I think this this is something that I saw when you was on, you know, watching one of the episodes of, you know, Hell's Kitchen. You talked about, you know, I can cry. Don't drop a tear right now. I'll cry in the shower later. But my question to you is, you know, when it comes to your emotions, what's harder for you? Is it harder for you to identify what you feel, process through what you feel, or effectively communicate what you feel? A little bit of all three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process altogether. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I get it. Steve Sr., same question, brother. Like, when it comes to your emotions, it's easier for you to identify, to process, or communicate. What's, what's, like, what's the most challenging one for you, I should say? Uh, I'm going to say uh, communicate. Um, oh. the, the other two, I'm going to say uh, I'm excellent at, you know, just, just right. by you know, living as long as I've lived, you know, yeah, you, you yeah. identify what you're dealing with like that, right? And then you also can process <laughs> it as well. Right. Now, as far as uh, communicating uh, it, I think it's more challenging because, uh, you know, just, just being worried of how it's going to affect the, the surrounding people, right? Mm. So you could be dealing with a lot and already processed it, uh, but at the same time, you don't want to. You don't want what you're going through to negatively affect 
yeah. you know, you're, 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 it's around the circle. Yeah. So yeah, I, get I pick it. and choose when to communicate. I get it. I get. It. I think the most important thing is that you're good at identifying and processing as a, as men as a whole. You know, in my experiences, many men struggle with dealing with those emotions, with even identifying what they can't even label what it is that they're feeling. So if you can't even label what you're feeling, how are you going to process through it and actually communicate it effectively? So mm -hmm. I, I think that's one of the things right now that is a big difference in, in some of the work that I do. I work with a lot of younger men, millennials, Steve's age group, and they're more inclined to, to embrace their struggles, to embrace their issues around, you know, masculinity, around emotions and things like that. You know, Steve Jr., how do you view emotions? Like, what's your, what's your thought or your, or your mindset around men and emotions? Um, so basically, I think it's important to, you know, not completely bury your emotions. I think emotions are important. It's important to feel. It's important yeah. to, you know, understand what you're feeling. Um, of course, it's not always easy to understand, but it's important to right. take the time to at least try, you know? And for the most part, over the years, you know, younger, I, I would sort of bottle everything in. But as I sort of started to get a little bit older and started to see you know, how releasing can help you as a human. Yeah. And, you know, I started to open up a little bit more. I'm still not all the way there, but, right, you know, right, working right. a little bit That's accurate, day. though. That's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's accurate. Well, that, 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 that's dope, man, and that you're aware of where you're at, man. That That's important. That awareness is important, man. Steve, I know now that you're older, you have might probably have a different view around emotion, but when you were around... Steve Jr.'s age. How did you view emotions when you were younger? Oh, they weren't real. <laughs> <laughs> Your emotions will lie to you. Yeah. So that, that's how I viewed it. You know, it is at, at his age. It was yeah. just like, um, you know, uh, and this was, and it, it was a, my favorite. Okay, my favorite rapper is Tupac, right? Right. Okay. Greatest of all time. I have arguments all the time. But anyway, long story short, okay. uh, Tupac used to say this one thing. And, I, and it kind of stuck with me. He was like, uh, I cry, but I cry my own way, right? Mm. And so that, that one line always stuck with me. So it's just like, while I'm out and about, you know, you'll never know, you know, what I'm dealing with or what I'm struggling with. But, you know, once I get to myself, which is a safe place, then I can kind of release, mm. kind of, you know, you know, do what I need to do to, you know, recharge and get, get ready to go back out into the world. So That's dope. I'm glad you touched on that because we're actually going to a little bit later on talk about what do you do to recharge and things like that. So that's pretty dope. But Steve Jr., this one's for you, man. And this is one that is um, – I've been guilty of this myself, man, and I'm going to ask you about it. You're tall, dude. What are you, about 6'4", 6'5"? 6'4". 6'4". Steve, you're 6'4". Your dad was a phenomenal basketball player in high school, but – you really didn't take that traditional sports route. Like, were you ever involved in sports, ever into sports? Um, we so, tried it. Yeah, we, we tried it. That's, <laughs> okay. We, we had our moments. Uh, of course, naturally, with my father's history, he would yeah. want me to follow in his footsteps. So we did give it an attempt. And, you know, there was a time where I did, you know, give it a good go. <laughs> right, right. Enough. So, you know, of course – dad he was his next thing was all right so if this isn't what your path is gonna be what is your path gonna be mm. so from there he was like we're gonna figure it out and whatever you want to do that's what we're gonna focus on yeah we're gonna make sure that you're the best that you can be 
That's great. That, that, that's dope, man, because I know I've been guilty of when you see guys at a certain, high, a certain height, certain size, certain weight, you automatically think in sports, especially in the black community. You're automatically speaking football back because, you know, for some reason, we feel that's our only way out. That's our only way to get to where we want to be. So did you run into that a lot? Did you get a lot of questions? Did you get a lot of where a lot of expectations placed on you where people look at you like, oh, you got to be the ball. You, you got to be doing something like how was that for you? Couldn't walk to my next class in school without one of the coaches being like, "Hey, what you what you doing?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just trying to get the band. You know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, see, I was never like really super into the athletic side of stuff. I was always right. more creative, and you know, of course, my dad he saw that pretty early on. He was like, "Oh, so you're gonna be a creative? So we're gonna let you do all the creative stuff that you want to do." Wow. Own that as much as you can. Been my entire life, pretty much. Man, that's that's great, man. And and, and kudos to you, Steve Senior, because you know I seen so many times. I used to coach high school football, high school basketball, and I seen so many times when we had parents that were great when they were in school, and they try to push that on their children, and it causes a like a like an intense struggle, like because that child doesn't really want to do these things, but they don't want to disappoint mom or dad. You know what I mean? So for you to be able to step back and say, you know what? I'm not going to put, I'm not going to try to live my life through you. You know, this is, you, we're going to find your path. And once we find it, man, I'm going to support you wholeheartedly. What led you to that point, brother? Like what, what allowed you to be able to get to that place where you're going to, you know, where you say, I'm going to support my son regardless. Uh, what I, what, what the thing was like, um, when we took out a, a shot at like uh, uh, basketball, I said, uh, I'm always looking for, you know, do you have a love for it? Or yeah. do you have like a passion for it? And, and what, you know, what will, uh, you know, display that to me is if you're doing it without me having to tell you to do it, mm. or if you're doing, if I come home one day and you're just out there doing it, yeah. right? So that, that'll tell me right there whether you have a love or a passion. And so what I found, you know, for like maybe about a, a week or so, I, I, I would find myself coming home and being like, hey, you take your jump shots today. Hey, you do this or hey, you do that. And so then he was like, ah, oh, no, but I'll go out there and get a couple shots in. But then that's when I was just like, that's it. You know, he don't have a love for this, right? Or he's not passionate about this. And so, uh, you know, he, you know, he definitely started to explore different things. And I think music was the first, right? So music uh, was something that, you know, you didn't have to tell him to do anything when it came to that. You know, he'll just be up there, you know, doing his thing, trying different instruments. Um, he taught himself how to play like so many different instruments. So the thing I'm looking at, I'm like, oh, you got love and a passion for that. You know, and I recognized it because I had the same thing, you know, when it came to like basketball. No one had to tell me to go do anything when it came to, to basketball. And right. so what I, you know, is whatever he had a passion and a love for, that's what I wanted to get behind him and, and you know, try to push and drive. Man, that's that's dope, man. That's dope. And I and well, you see the way it's playing out now. So, you know, Steve Jr., when you decided to get into cooking and being a chef, what were your what was your mindset around that? Because once again, like I said, I'm not saying there's not great male chefs, but that's not, you know, the traditional masculine role that society places on men. Like, especially once again, with your height and your size and everything like that. So when you got into cooking, like what drove you in that direction? And like, you know what, this is what I truly love to do. Well, a lot of it was the support that I was getting, you know, from mm. uh, you know, a lot of times, like you said, he would come home 
and I would just be doing stuff. A lot of times I would just be in the kitchen too. So <laughs> yeah. I'd be in the kitchen making stuff like, hey, try this. And go, oh yeah, this is good. And okay. so of course that, that would push me to, you know, try to do something else and try to yeah. do more. And uh, eventually, you know, I got to the point where I was really serious about it and I wanted it to be my career. Yeah, yeah. That was straight up work. What do we have to do to make that your career? Mm, yeah. Yeah. That support is paramount, man. Like when someone truly believes in you and is going to support you and in what direction you're going in, man, that's that's awesome, man. I, I, I love it. I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk to you guys about vulnerability and transparency. And I'll start with you, Steve Sr. Like, what's your thoughts on male vulnerability and transparency? Mm, um, clear that up one more time for me, D, as far as... Like, like, are you? Are we just talking about just a, a man being vulnerable? Or? Yes. Yeah. Men, just men in general, with come when it comes to vulnerability and transparency. Um. Okay, so I think it's okay, you yeah. know, but it's not okay all the time, mm. you know. And 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 the reason why I say that is because, you know. Every day you leave out of this, out of you know, out your front door, out your garage, or whatever, mm -hmm. you have to face, you know, the world and everything that it has to throw at you. Mm -hmm. And so it's very similar to being on a battlefield. And when you're on a battlefield, that's not the time to show that you're wrong, right? Yeah. So you have to be strong, and you have to, you know, you have to have your shields and your guards up. You have to be vigilant, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, the proper time, you know, for that. Is, is in your inner circle. You know, I don't think anyone outside of your inner circle should ever see you being vulnerable. Mm. Uh, and, and I think that's the time to be transparent with, with that group of people. That you trust and you- That you trust. You know, they have your best interests in mind and not gonna judge you for, I get it, man. I, I, I definitely understand. Attack you, you know, when you're at your, at your weakness, when they, you know, once they know your weakness, most most enemies won't attack you until they know what your weakness is. Yes, yes. So you know, I get it, I man. Within your inner circle, I definitely get it, brother. I definitely understand that. Steve Junior, same question, brother. Like, what's your thoughts on vulnerability and transparency? So yeah, basically, my views are pretty similar because, <laughs> of course, of who raised me. But yeah, uh, but what I've kind of learned, you know, over the years is that. You know, you can't be vulnerable to everybody. It's important to pick and choose mm. where you show your vulnerability because, you know, yeah. in some situations, maybe a little bit of vulnerability may get you, you know, a little bit further. But in some situations, you got to hold back on that because that, that could be a detriment to you. So it's just important to weigh the options and know when and who you can be vulnerable with. Amen. So your inner circle is important to make sure that you show a level of vulnerability with them that you don't show to, you know, the rest of the world. Hey, that's important. So that, that leads me right into my next question. And so what is one piece of advice you would give to men of any age regarding masculinity? Don't. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. to you, Junior. No, Junior, this is for you, Junior. Yeah. Uh, well, regarding masculinity, just... Man, be who you are. Yeah, be who you are. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, the reason why I started with you with that, Junior, because he is comfortable with you. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you're the main character in your life. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, be the main character. If the main character is feeling this way, then that's how the main character is feeling. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that's important, man, because like I said early on when I was introducing the show, like we get crushed on these societal demands to be tough or denying the kind of vulnerability, sensitivity, and internal hurt and pain. But the thing about it is there's not a one-size definition, one-size-fits-all definition for what makes a man a man. And a lot of times people get crushed under that or try to fall into that. But I think if you just be you, be who you are, that's a part about being a man, being true to yourself, whatever yourself, whatever that is, whatever your truth is, being true to it is that's a part about being a man. And we have to get away from that. Oh, well, this is a real man. This isn't a real man. There's, there's no one size fits all definition for that. So next question, man, in the spirit of vulnerability and transparency, Steve senior, what is something that you still struggle with to this day? What is something that is still a challenge for you that you still dealing with right now, brother, that you, you know, you work through every day or something that you know, that is still a challenge for you in your life. Um, man, uh, I guess the, the one thing would probably be like uh, the lack of the fact or the fact that I don't have like either of my parents. Right. right? Yeah. But that's something that, you know, I deal with on a regular basis, you know, um, or I'll, I'll pause, you know, in the middle of a day, I could be, you know, doing a major project or something. And, you know, I'll just think about like, you know, you know, one of my parents at least. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's, that's, that's one thing. Yeah, that, that I, I get it, man, and that's hard. I, I and I, I feel for you. Like I'm, I'm, I lost my father, um, two years ago. Oh, it'd be three years ago this year now. It'd be three years ago. It'd be three years. It was three years this year. I'm sorry. And the funny part about it, when I lost my dad, we wasn't on good terms. I didn't get to a place to be on good terms with my father and forgive and let go until a year after he passed. And now I think about my dad. I think about the time I was wasted because I was angry because I couldn't accept him for who and what he was. And because I had these expectations of what a man is supposed to be. So I still think about my dad. I'm fortunate enough to have my mother here, which I'm, I'm very blessed and grateful to have, but um, I, you know, I, I understand. I talk, I got a lot of friends who don't have both their, their parents here. And I know it's tough. So I know that struggle you go through to not be able to have, you know, mom and dad. So I know that can be very challenging. Steve Jr., for you, what is something that you still struggle with or is something that is a challenge for you today? Uh, I say a lot of times my biggest thing is sometimes I have to give myself my own self-esteem boost. Sometimes yeah. I might have confidence when I really shouldn't. Um, wow. It's, just, you know, it's a mental game that you kind of have to play with yourself. Yeah. So it's just about being your own motivation a lot. You know, you're going to get motivation from other places. But if you're not your own motivation, it's going to be mm. You know, that's to be honest with you, brother, you know, and I've seen you on several occasions, and I, and I know how true that is, but I never would have thought that. You always come across cool, calm, collected, so sure, and so confident in what you do. But regardless of that, we always have that internal battle, that internal conversation, man. And, and I, I'm glad you said that for the people listening. It's so important to understand that, you're going to have some self-doubt at times, at times. You're going to, you know, question a couple of things, but you got to push, pick yourself up. You got to be your own biggest cheerleader. You got to continue to speak that positivity into yourself and continue to show up every damn day, man. So I'm glad that you said that. That is so important because so many men struggle with that, brother, and they feel weak or they feel, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be going, uh, yeah, whatever. You're going to have these feelings. It's okay what's important is learning how to deal with a man. So I love the way that you deal with that. I love the way that you show up every day and you keep talking to yourself, reminding yourself, listen, I have nothing to, 
you know, feel in, 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 inadequate about or anything. You know, I'm good. I know what I'm doing. I got this. So that's great, man. That's great. So switching gears again, man, I'm going to start with you, Steve Senior. <laughs> and I probably know this question, but what are some things you do to practice self-care, man? Self-care, man. Um, I, I would say number one is uh, what I what I what I feed myself through my ears, right? So I like to listen to all kinds of like motivational, positive. Like uh, I thought, <laughs> here's one thing I did try to force on the boys, but I'm quite sure they'll go back and, and, and check it out, but. Robert Kawasaki, uh, rich dad, poor dad, <laughs> yeah. uh, cash flow quadrant. I'm like, hey, you need to listen to this. We yeah. need to read this book, yeah. you know. But I don't get this. <laughs> and, and I, knew they, I knew they wouldn't get it right, dude, but right, right. I know what stuff like that does for me mentally. It just, it just like recharges me. It makes me think different. And I'm always looking to be creative, to think creatively, right? And I always want, to, you know, want them to. to think outside the box and be creative, right? This guy, he uh, he's awesome. I'm going to say he got it from me, but he's awesome. <laughs> you know, he's awesome at, out yeah. at problem solving. Okay. And, you know, to me, when I see somebody who can solve a problem, but not only just solve a problem, but they can solve a problem like this, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if they, can, they can look at it, they can process, okay, all right, here's the best route to get this done or get through this. And so he's, he's really good at that. And so when I see that, you know, in him, you know, and, 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 and just to, you know, I look at him, I'm just like, and everybody say, man, he's just like you, man. But when I look at him, I'm like, he's not just like me. Right. He's just, a, I think he's a better version of me, mm. uh, you know, and, and hopefully he, he'll take it further than, you know, than, than me, which, uh, you know, I have no doubt. But, you know, when I kind of look at, you know, him problem solving and stuff like that. You know, it, that's amazing to me, man, because I know what all that comes from, right? It's yeah. like what you feed yourself through your ears, man. It's like you got to constantly, you have to constantly, you have to constantly, uh, you know, feed yourself positive stuff. That's how we, you know, that's how we, you know, we recharge and, and get ready to face, you know, new challenges. Absolutely, brother. That's, that's dope, man. Steve Jr., same question, man. Like, what are some things you do to practice self-care? Uh, okay, well, I just, I take the time to, spend alone and think you know mm. thank you really important because it helps you sort out you know everything. Yeah, right <laughs> at my age there's a lot going on because i'm trying to figure out life so you know just taking the time to be quiet and think um, you know a lot i spend a lot of time gardening and you know growing my vegetables and stuff like that and i kind of use that as my thinking time you know when, when i got a lot going on up here i just kind of walk out there Sometimes, yeah. you know, check out the tomatoes or something. <laughs> and, you know, also use music, you know, sort of as a form of decompression as well. Yeah. You know, right. a lot of stuff like jazz, a lot of smooth stuff because, you know, it just, it calms me down. And yeah. a lot of times, you know, with playing music as well, you know, that's another form of, you know, release. Another yeah. Form. Yeah. That's dope. I, I, I was surprised by your music choice. Like when I listen to your videos or watch your videos when you're preparing and you're cooking, you got some great jazz playing. I'm like, man, this dude, he's really eclectic. Like he he understands, like, he, you know, his music choice is great, man. Like I, I love the way you incorporate that jazz into your videos, man. Um, Actually, um, my fiance, your, your aunt, your sister, <laughs> um, she's really the one to turn me on to jazz. Um, I, I, I wasn't really big into jazz. And then, you know, 
her and I started dating and listen, started listening to jazz. I'm really, really big into jazz right now, man. That is something that, oh man, that's something that really moves me. I didn't have appreciation for it when I was younger, but now it's like, man, and I always loved all different kind of music. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm, my taste in music go from country to, you know, the, the power ballast of the eighties and things like that. R&B blues is one of my top, but that jazz is something that really has, um, gotten me going and I hate to admit but you know Steve Steer got me going on Gregory Paul. <laughs> like listen to me when when Steve Senior put me on Gregory Porter, I ain't put that man down for about three months. I mean three months straight it was Gregory Porter, Gregory Porter. And I'm like man this boy dope. So yeah man it, music is so it, it does it does so much for people. It's so it can be relaxing and calming, energizing. So I love the fact that Music is a big part of your self-care regimen. I want to switch over to Joy. And I'm going to start with you, Steve Jr. Like, aside from cooking, and I, and I know that's what you're passionate about, aside from your gardening, what are some other things that you do that bring you joy? Uh, well, I like I like just be outside, you know. I okay. just like to enjoy the human experience, if you will. I like to just kind of take a look around and yeah. see exactly what I'm witnessing and just kind of yeah. realize. Um, like I take nature walks all the time, yeah. uh, kind of like early in the morning sometimes. I'll go out to uh, one of the parks and I'll just walk through the woods, just kind of check out the leaves because I'm kind of amazed by, you know, how beautiful everything is sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's one thing that brings me joy is just being able to walk outside and be like, wow, like I'm alive. Yeah, and, and, and you actually have to be deliberate and intentional about realizing and being aware of the beauty that is around you. There's so much beautiful things around us. And we get caught up in the daily grind of our personal professional demands that we miss actually the beauty that is around us all the time, man. So I'm glad that you make it a habit of being aware and, and walking in that beauty and that greatness, man. That's dope. Steve Sr., on to you, brother. Like, what's some things you do to bring you joy? Uh, I, I would say, man, my joy and my peace are kind of connected, right? So... Right. Everyone's around me is, 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 you know, at peace and enjoying life. Yeah. That brings me joy, right? So most of the times I'm doing stuff around the house, you know, that brings me joy because I know it's going to make everybody else, you know, comfortable and, and at peace. So that brings me joy. That's dope, man. So listen, man, I'm going to move to the last question. And, and I'm going to ask these things in two different ways. And I'm going to start with Junior first because I, I, I know I, I want to start with you first, Junior. And I... I'm going to ask you in two different ways, and you answer whatever way resonates with you the most. But my last question is, what type of legacy are you leaving in this world? Or when it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered? Huh. That's a good question. I, that's a little far ahead for me to think. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't thought about that before. Mm -hmm. But if, uh, if I'm going to be honest, I just want to – I want people to say, like, that was a real dude. Like, yeah. I just want to be as down to earth as possible. I want people to know, you know, I try to be as honest with people as I can. Yeah. For the most part. And I want people to just say, like, there's nothing fake about him. Like, he was always keeping it 100%. Like, never lied to me, none of that. Mm -hmm. I just try to be as honest as I can with people and, you know, tell them pretty much like it is, you know. Right. Whether, whether it hurts a little bit or not, you know, just always tell the truth. You know, your delivery is important. But for the most part, I try to be as honest as possible. I want people to remember me as a very honest person. That's dope, man. And you're on that path, brother. You're doing that, man. 
Steve Senior, to you, what's your, what kind of legacy are you leaving? Or when it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered, brother? I would say uh, probably like a selfless person, man. Um, and someone who always wants, wants to see, you know, people doing well, you know, and, the truth of the matter is that's that's really you know how I am. I want to see people do well. Um, if you're doing something, I'm, I'm interested in, in knowing what it is that you're doing and how I can help you know you achieve your goal. Mm. So I'm constantly pouring in, um, not to gain something from people. The only thing that I'm really going to gain is if you're successful, uh, I'm successful because, you know, I feel like I, you know, I, I dropped a couple of nuggets to help you get to where you want to be. So yeah. That does a lot for me. So somebody who's selfish. Man, that's dope, man. And you're definitely on that, brother. From from just from my position where I'm sitting, man, you definitely are a selfless person, man, and willing to help any and everyone, man. So listen, fellas. I appreciate you guys for coming on, man. I appreciate you guys for being open, honest, and transparent, man, and allowing yourselves to be vulnerable. You guys definitely are made men. You're motivated, you're accessible, disciplined, and expressive. And I appreciate you guys, man. Thanks for coming on today and blessing us with your time. Appreciate you, Dave. Thank you, Thank you for tuning into this episode. I truly hope something on this episode resonated with you. It is my hope that you know that no matter what you're dealing with or what you're going through, you don't have to suffer in silence, isolation, and shame. We all have struggles. We all have things that we are dealing with and ignoring or avoiding what you're thinking and feeling and not allowing yourself to be vulnerable or express any internal hurt and pain doesn't make you more of a man. Please understand that. Also, please share this episode. You never know what someone is going through and something in this episode may help. Remember, no matter what it is or how hard it is, that's not all there is. You don't have to stay stuck or struggling. Your power is in your choices. So what type of choices are you going to make today? I'm here, my brother. You know I love you. Yes, you yes, you are enough. I just want to be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, because you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man.